Welcome, everyone, to the Cool Tools Show and Tell. We have a wonderful guest this week. As you know, um, we've recently changed from just the audio podcast to now doing a video podcast. So if you want to, in addition to this option of listening to the audio, there's a visual version on our YouTube channel. And there um, you might, might be able to see some of the um, uh, tools themselves and some of the images about the tools. So we have a wonderful guest, Charles Lindsay. Um, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. I'm a, I'm a tool lover and a, and a geek aficionado, as you know. Um, I'm an artist. I work with ideas about technology and time and ecosystems. And I do make flat art, but I'm also working with sensors and a um, certain amount of programming and, and stuff. I'm currently working in Baja, Mexico and in Kyoto, Japan, not at the same time, but sort of at the same time. And that's where you are right now. You're in Baja. California. I'm in Southern Baja, uh, building out a new studio that I acquired during the pandemic. Okay, great. Um, we have known each other from many things, including a walk that was really spectacular. And I know you have some really fine, uh, interesting selections of tools that you want to share for us. So um, tell us about um, your first tool. Okay, so the first tool um, is, this is the Montier 8000S. That is a battery. That is the light. It's designed and sold as a mountain bike light for riding at night. I mountain bike and I like to ride at night. But I also bought it because I'm, I like to uh, photograph with available light and simple equipment. And I've been doing this my entire professional life. Um, I was a photojournalist and I did it. Now I use it in my art practice. So this thing. So this thing, you're it, holding up uh, a, there's two pieces, it appears. One is a the big light battery, itself. There's a which has big battery with capacity. a strap. Yeah. And this straps to the handlebars or wherever you want. Right. And then you have a lot of different settings. And then, and, then, and then you're holding this other thing that looks like the kind of thing you might have on your forehead with a head strap, but you have exactly a... or on the handlebars of the bike, right? You know, state of the art LED, super bright, uh, many settings. And they the seem battery... to be five, five different lights. Yes, there they are. Let's see. You can see them there. Yeah. And then there's your switch on top. There's right. also a switch on the battery. The battery also has a USB port and uh, USB-C, and it has a lot of charge capacity. So this is, you know, I, I live on the road, and, and so this is both my battery for all my devices, but this incredible light. And Kevin, you have some pictures I sent you made uh -huh. with this, particularly in the desert in Baja with these giant Cardone cactus. Right. So, so that's my first one. Okay, wait. So, so, so this battery, you say, also serves as a power pack for recharging things. Is that the exactly. idea? Um, and there's your, there's your USB. Right. So it's about the size yeah, of a um, really terrific capacity. Right. It's about the size of a, um, I don't know. We even say what that size is. That's a, um, a stick know. of dynamite. I don't know. It's about, uh, yeah, this kid is a bit like that. Thank you. Yeah, very it's much. about eight inches. Um, and, yeah. um, so, that, so you have a power pack, and then it's attached to a meter cord cable with the cable to this, um, this device that is super bright, really bright. Like, um, does it have a rating? 
Yeah. Wildly bright. Is, is that the yeah, rating? Yeah, I forget how many lumens Insanely, it is. insanely bright? I forget. Um, is the rating. And <laughs> very durable. And of course, I did a lot of research before right. I got it. And, it, you know, I saw that it was highly rated. And, 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 and so it's, it's, it's been breathtaking to work with in all right. regards. Yeah. So it's, it is definitely a favorite tool at this point. Right. Um, you can use this to kind of almost light up an entire mountainside, it seems like. Yeah, it's it's really bright. I used it on these sort of, I don't know how tall they are, 30-foot Cardone. They're the big cactus in southern Baja. Sort of people might think they're Suaro, like in Arizona, they're a different species. And actually, they are the biggest of the cactus. Okay, so I'm going to share this picture. This is a, a picture of the lighting shining at night, which you can use for digital photography. You know, I have the headlights of my car on and, you know, I like very cinematic lighting. And so I'm also going to be doing a lot of work in Kyoto when I return. And so this was sort of my first test. So a friend of mine has the light on and I'm just photographing with my iPhone. That's a, you know, 250 or 300 year old Cardone cactus lit up. And, you know, you could you could just see what it does. It's very cinematic. Right. And uh, so... And, and um, how much does it cost? About $400. Okay. I would, I mean, I guess you could also use it for what it's made for, which is strap onto your bike and do mountain biking which, at night. Which I do on roads much like the one you're looking at. Uh-huh. You know, I bicycle at night and photograph that's, and shoot video. And would, I do that here and I do that in Japan. It's, it's just part, it's what I do. Would it be almost as bright as a, head, a car headlight? Maybe brighter. I'd say probably brighter. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Even it's as bright as certainly aftermarket lights. It's it's a blaster. It's wild. Okay. And what's it called again? The Montier Eight Thousand S. Okay. And they're a company that's making. There's a number of models. This is, I think, their top of the line model at the moment. Um, but terrific gear. And I, I, you know, the reviews. I haven't, you know, I've been treating the stuff well. I don't know you know, but how robust it is, but I, it, it is supposed to be incredibly robust equipment. You know, there's an app to control it remotely. I haven't needed to use that. Um, you can see that it goes 150, 25, 10% power, 1.5 to 32 hour runtime, depending on the power you're using. And you see 8,000 lumens, that's the number. Cree, of course, one of the top LED makers. So 8,000 lumens max. Uh-huh, okay. So, um... That's your first tool. And um, what would um, your second one be? All right. So the second one, which is a little bit more difficult to show, is the Polycam app on my phone. So here's the same cactus. And this is an app that is using the LiDAR scanning capabilities. I have an iPhone 13 Pro Max. I'll go to a 14 very shortly. And so this is doing quite high resolution, high accuracy 3D scanning. And it is just, you know, this is a level of technology we could have only dreamed about uh, right. until quite recently. And um, so I'm using it for a number of reasons. I'm using it as a way almost of thinking, the way that you see the, mm -hmm. in real time, you see the mesh built around objects in 3D while you use the app. Okay, so um, I just wanted to just 
pause and make sure that everybody understands. So you have your phone. It's a phone app, iPhone app, maybe Android as well. I I think it's both. I'm using an iPhone. Right. So it's an I. So it's a phone app, and you're using your phone to do a 3D scan of something outside or even indoors, presumably. Anything. And is there a size limit or range of? um, Can you do little tiny things? Or does it work better? The scanner appears to it, it it picks it appears to work to about twenty feet, um, and I tend to be doing sort of more like objects in scenes. But you can totally do a coffee cup, for example, okay. and um, and so then I'm I'm making these picture these three D scans. You also in the app you can watch after you do the capture. You watch the app convert your capture into a 3D model. You okay. see it moving. You see these right. polygons developing, which is aesthetically very exciting. And the way that you make a scan, you're using your thing to scan something. Let's say it's a, uh, I don't know, uh, a garbage can on the corner. Are but, you having, you're, you're having to walk around it and kind of, on top Absolutely. of it, whatever it is. It's not like assembling still images into doing some AI. No. Actually trying to, you have to get around to something if you want all sides of it shown or you're moving yeah. as a... And you can see on the app in real time right. what you've mapped and what you haven't. So right. it shows you where there are gaps in your scan, right. if you will. And then... But I, can, I do entire scenes. Right. And then when you're done you have this mesh model that can be used for all kinds of things. You can absolutely, you can, you could probably put into a game engine or something if you wanted to, right. I mean, as a, as a asset or you can mess with it in blender or what, 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 do you use Photoshop? Is it something that's Photoshopable or do you, what kind of tools do you I do? I haven't, I mean, I'm building up a body of, of raw images. You can export in many, many formats. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also generating short video clips out of the actual meshing mm. because I find the, the, I find the, the, the watching as the app scans very exciting visually. I think it's a, it's a very interesting way to think. You know, I'm a I'm a an artist, a, a largely visual artist, although I use all kinds of medium. And I think it's 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 a way of thinking. It's a way of visual thinking that you can observe. Of course, our whole world is being mapped at this point. Yeah, right. And so, so that's an image there. That's a screen grab during a capture, and it is the same image you saw previously that I used to illustrate the use of the headlamp. Right. So you and then and then so this is a, a screen grab while this process is in motion. Right. And what you so see I'm also is what you see for people who are listening, what you see is um you know what you might expect a, a field of little polygons and triangles. Um the, that is the mesh. Um this is only partially done, so not everything has been covered. And that's what you get. You get kind of like a wire mesh model when you're done. Which totally. I think also and, has a, a skin of the, the, does it also make it skin? Yes, definitely. And I, you know, this is me as the artist. I mean, these things tend to be designed with the idea of 
making a perfect 3D model, but I like the negative space. I, I like the areas that are, that, are, that are empty and then the areas that are highly resolved. So I'm using the app in a very creative way. Mm-hmm. And then how that will manifest in my art will it'll happen in the next couple of years where I'll be doing videos. Undoubtedly, I'll do some 3D printing as well. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of having a, a highly resolved partial world mm-hmm. in a sense. Right. There we go. So this is the um, the website for it. And you can kind of um, see a little bit of an action. The yellow um, surfaces is what's being exactly integrated in some ways. So what you does- know, one of the things that I thought when I've been testing it is I went into the Metropolitan Museum in New York and, you know, it wasn't that long ago you couldn't photograph. Now you can photograph anything without flash. And to go into the museum and 3D scan, whether it's in the Egyptian, you know, galleries or the medieval galleries, you know, all of a sudden you can capture that information in, in, in high resolution 3D. It's, you know, it's thrilling. Yeah. What does the app cost? I haven't looked recently. Maybe it's 10 bucks. It's a bargain. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not a subscription, though. No, there may. I have, I, honestly, I, I might have looked earlier today, but uh-huh. it's a bargain. Yeah. Now I have been as a result of this, <clears throat> excuse me, also looking at uh, the professional handheld 3D scanners and they go from sort of 18 to 30 K. I'm not ready to drop that much dough yet, but I'm very much intrigued by the possibility. This is like Matterform. Yes. And what was uh, there? I mean, I've been looking at a number of them and there's a lot of competition in the field. Yeah. But these things are, you know, it's again, well, I'm going as soon as the pandemic closures lift, I'm returning to Kyoto to work on a project I'll tell you about in a little bit. And yeah. I intend very much to be using the, the 3D scanning in that work. Right. right so in many right. ways, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching myself. I'm thinking about it. I'm exploring the possibilities at this point. Uh-huh. And then, you know, in the next few months, I'll dive in at another level. Sure. sure. Okay. So, um, Tell us, t- tell us about a third um, tool of yours. The third one is a little bit uh, uh, lighter of spirit, and this is something a friend of mine gave me, and this is called Their Eye, and it is a milk frother and heater. I think it's called the ultimate milk frother. And heater. Don't really see it. It's kind of disappeared. I know. I like it. It's, <laughs> it's dark. Invisible. Put it in front of your face, good. I think, maybe. Yeah, do I now go. look like a milk frother? There we go. I've okay, we can also a milk um, frother. Um, and this is it's I'm like gonna, thirty-five uh, dollars. Uh, here, here it is. Uh, <laughs> and, um, thank you. And um, yes, a friend of mine who's a coffee fiend uh, and a darling uh, gave me this, and so I'm living quite primitively in Baja, and uh, you know my tools tend to be more like right. headlamps and apps. And so I now start every morning with a beautifully frothed okay, so, coffee. Okay, so, so this is sort of a, a small coffee pot size thing or a large, very large cup or thermos scale yes. thing. It has a handle, but it's electric in some ways. Is it plug-in or is it battery? Yeah, it's, it's, it's plug-in. It would be great if it was battery, but it's plug-in. And um, you have a couple settings from, for heating, different heating and frothing settings. And you know me well enough. I'm I'm more of a camper at heart, so this feels very fancy to me. And it is sort of a 
simple so, luxury, but uh, and 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 so the, you put milk into this, um, Mil- yeah, regular milk, and then it frothes the milk. Does it heat the milk too? Yeah, it does both. There's a couple froth settings: a creamy and a more filled. All right, and um, you know you can put almond milk or uh, the the fattier milks work better. And uh-huh. uh, whether it's to put with your Earl Grey tea or my French press coffee, in my case, okay. it's just a really nice thing. All right. And so um, uh, and that looks like it goes for about $35 on Amazon. And, and have you tried a number of yeah. these? Is this a, a particular better one than others? Um, as they seem to have a you know, bunch a in the friend same of mine, bit, it was um, a gift mold there's you know i, I see yeah. this on amazon here some others do you have any experience with those or has is, is this one been recommended by others this it, you know it's highly rated and a, a dear friend of mine who's into this sort of kitchen territory gave it to me but she had done the research and you know it looks good and it works well and so i can't really speak to the others but you know it's an amazon's choice also you can see a lot of people like it right. and it goes, it goes very well with my aesthetics. And um, okay. so that's a simple tool, luxury, great gift, by the way, really okay. good gift. So um, do you have anything else you want to share um, before we get on to your projects? No, I think that's good. Okay. You know, well, life tell is us fascinating. A, tell us about the pandemic. Uh, Something that you are excited by these days or working on that you want to share? Okay, so I'm the big project that I'm working on. I basically have two. I have two projects I'm working on right now. I purchased a former yoga studio in Southern Baja, which I'm renovating into my art studio. And that and is the background exciting. that we are looking at right now. Correct. That's the main building. As it was about a year ago, it has advanced in some ways now. And I'm in this uh, community, El Pescadero Todos Santos, which is booming and drawing a lot of very interesting people and um, has great nature. Uh, There's the surfing in the ocean and we watch out on that blue you see behind my head. I have whales breaching. And then the desert is very rich here. And I I learned recently it's actually called a drought desert uh, because it's very dry, except when you get hurricanes. And then they get, of course, fantastic amounts of water. Biologically very rich. And I've never lived in a desert. I've spent a lot of time in the Arctic, in rainforests, in temperate zones. And so living in the desert's new to me. So that's part A. And then part B is I'm working on a, 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 an, a, an ambitious installation in Kyoto, Japan. And as soon as Japan reopens and or my visa comes through, I will be back there. And I'm developing a project um, around putting a couple of my um, sort of interactive sculptures in one of the great Zen temples in Kyoto. Uh, It's our Dusokuin Zen temple, which is 18th century architecture. That's within a 13th century complex. And if you know my work's more like techie and sort of addressing front edges, of ideas about technology, but also consciousness. So I was introduced uh, during the early part of the pandemic, I was stranded in Kyoto, and I was introduced to the abbot of this temple uh, by a a leading artist in Japan. And the abbot said, why were we introduced? And I said, here's my question. 
Can I AI become sentient? If so, can it become conscious? If so, enlightened. And he just looked right at me and said, would you like to study in my temple and create an installation here with what you discover? Mm-hmm. So it's really an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm also um, working uh, to develop an AR aspect, a gamification of the art installation, which is new for me. It's quite ambitious, but I have a lot of interest. Um, the 3D, both the lighting that I talked about earlier, my light as that tool, that headlamp, and uh, the 3D scanning app I will be using to develop work around that installation because we'll be, I'll be creating sort of Easter eggs, if you will, uh, all over Japan that will stretch the geography of the installation from in the basically the temple and the temple's karesansui, which is the dry so-called Zen garden, where I'll be placing one of the interactive sculptures. But then the work is designed to cover Japan and really gamify to create a kind of a, a treasure hunting meets contemporary art right. uh, work. So it's quite ambitious, and that's where I'm going next. Do you have, um, I know maybe you're not prepared, but do you have um, a, a image of one of your artworks that you could share um, and, and this is a proposal, is that right? It's just a rendering of a proposal? Well, so this is the actual parking meter that I became enamored with when I was right. stranded in Kyoto for five months. So I'm going to use this actual meter. Uh, there's a touch screen on it, and I will hack that. And then this is a mock-up in one of the gardens in the temple complex where I'm working so that this parking meter will be placed in the Temple Garden, of course, what does the parking meter sell? It sells time and space, which I think is uh-huh. beautiful. These meters are also ubiquitous in Japan. Yeah. So it means they're very good nodes for AR monkey business and gamification. I will use other objects, undoubtedly, but this uh-huh. is the centerpiece of the show. And yeah, these are totally it's, it's really brilliant. It's really cool. I love that idea. It, it, I mean, the way that the sand frames it in a certain sense. Um, and uh, makes you notice it. Um, and it has this very, the interface is <laughs> very uh, busy and techy and a kind of, um, it's kind of comforting in some ways. <laughs> well, I love, I mean, so this meter, you know, one of the things that happens in Kyoto, I ended up, I got stranded in Kyoto. I ended up renting the second floor of a hundred year old house, beautiful house in Japan. And what happens in Japan is when the houses get crushed, you know, as happens, a little parking lot goes in next door, like for, you know, the lots are small, four cars. And so these parking meters show up on these lots, you know, and, um, and I'm sure there's in the background, there's all this stuff about inheritance and taxes and stuff. It's one of the reasons land gets turned into tiny parking lots. So, you know, there are many layers to this in Japan, because the old houses are going away fast in Kyoto. And, you know, it's, they were never meant to you know, last that long. Japan, of course, is, you know, seems to have natural disasters like nowhere else between earthquakes and fires and tsunamis and so forth. But so everybody in Japan knows these parking meters. They're everywhere. So we go to Japan to see the ancient architecture or the super contemporary. But, you know, these things are all over the place. So I yeah. like that they're a bit ubiquitous. And, you know, it's it's a little bit R2D2. It's not, a you know, it's not really anthropomorphic morphized but it they have a sort of presence and you know they they talk and you know it's japan and then that sort of cinematic lighting that i'm a big fan of um so 
uh, yeah, it's a, it's an am, ambitious and really very exciting project. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to get back. There will be a an NFT aspect to it, undoubtedly. Um, well, yeah, if it was, particularly if it was working one, you could actually order something besides parking space from it. That would be kind of cool, too. Yeah. Well, I also like the idea that periodically they spit out money to passers-by. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I mean, that well, is one yeah, of the... Yeah, this is wonderful. So... Um, would you like to see another picture? Yeah, we got time for one more. This is Torio Ito. He's the abbot at the temple who uh -huh. invited me in. And um, let's see what we've got here. This is, of course, part of the raked garden. Incredible environment. So I'll be over there for, I think, the best part of two yeah. years. Um, wow. You'll, you'll see there, that. And so there is, there's the parking meter next to the house that I rented where the lights are on. That's where I live in Kyoto. Uh -huh. And there's the parking meter that is my muse. Right, right, right. I can see it. It does have a presence as if it's kind of a robot that doesn't move <laughs> yeah. and um, is the guardian. <laughs> That's another thing that is really common is guardians of True. things. They have, you know, foxes and others that are at the entrance. And so this is, this feels like another guardian. Totally. Completely agree. So yeah, there's can, the, the, the bones are, you know, the bones of the project are good. And, you know, I like a challenge. And so that's right, what right. I'm heading into. I'm just noticed that the garbage can next to the Coca-Cola machine looks like it's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, that's it, 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 another. Well, yeah, I mean, you think these four things as as all animated objects that come alive, you know, like Toy Story, they come alive at night and they talk to each other yeah. and. Well, imagine the possibilities with, with right, the right. AR aspect of what's right. being and developed. As, you, as most people realize, you know, Japan is really big on vending machines, which is, I think was what that red one is. I actually did a whole series of photographs of vending machines at night because they have a certain, <laughs> yes. uh, a certain presence, as you say. Um, and there are little, there are orderly rows of goods inside vary tremendously and give them their own character. So thank and, you. You, know, you notice this image too, if, if, if I met Kevin, like the, you know, this is done with a, an iPhone and you can see the lens flare. Yeah. Some friends might call them the lens flare fairies, but up above that's, you know, I like that. It's actually a signature of the kind of device used to make the, the capture, if you will. So, you know, we're right. both avid and professional photographers. And so, yeah. Yeah. That looks really great. Well, thank you, Charles. This is wonderful. Perfect. Thanks for having me on here. I, you know, it's always a pleasure to see you. And perhaps we'll walk soon. Yes, I hope so. And um, maybe in Japan. And I would love to see that installation once you have it going. So Absolutely. thank you. We'll share it with the readers when I get there. Okay. Thank you. And thanks to the readers for taking a look. Thanks very much. All righty. We're glad that you enjoyed this issue of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Just want to remind you that we have some other coolish material on our YouTube channel here. Please subscribe, comment, like. In addition, um, this Cool Tools Show and Tell is also available in an Audible podcast form. You can subscribe to it wherever you subscribe to other podcasts if you just wanted to listen. And if you're listening, know that there is a visual version of this on our YouTube channel we're, we're actually showing the tools and um, there's a little bit more of a visual component there. In addition, the same folks that put us, uh, the Cool Tools website out, we also put out a free newsletter every week. It's very, very short. 
it's one page or less. We recommend six very brief items um, that are very succinct, easy to read. You can deal with it in a couple minutes. And every week we bring to you the six cool things that we have uncovered and want to share. And it's called Recommendo with one M, recommendo.com. You'll be able to find it there. It's free. Join 50,000 plus other subscribers every Sunday morning. You'll get it in your email box. And it's actually one of the most popular things that we produce. But we do produce other newsletters as well. One of them is called What's in Your Bag. We have one that goes out to um, tools and tips for your workshop. So you can get those at our website. Um, and they are also free. And finally, um, I want to mention the fact that um, we do have a Patreon and um, this uh, podcast and this vidcast are supported by Patreon supporters. The minimum is a dollar a month. And for that, you get um, an email to ask us anything. We will respond and um, answer your question if we're able to. There are other higher levels. You can all see those at our Patreon page. And all those links are below right here. So thank you again for being a fan. And um, we'll keep producing stuff if you enjoy it. Thanks. We are thankful for all our Patreon supporters. And this week's supporters include Dave Rogolich, Mock Nerd, Mark Goebel, Stuart Brand, Paul Hosey, Wet Bear, Bill Schuler, Tom Markham, Ellen Lee, and Jim Spofford. We're really grateful for your support. Thank you, each one.